Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. Sunny skies, welcome to this Thursday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up in just a moment, as early voting begins next Monday, that will include the runoff election for Fulton County District Attorney. So today, we present a debate between incumbent Paul Howard Jr. and his former deputy prosecutor, Fonnie Willis. Should any of those groups, the police, elected officials, or citizens break the law, I will be here to prosecute them after their due process has been given. I am asking you to uh, re-elect me as district attorney uh, based upon all of the successes we've had before, but also to allow me to work with our community and with this country to reform policing. That's coming up in just a moment. But as we always do each day, the Georgia Department of Public Health reports there are 127,834 confirmed COVID-19 cases in the state and 3,054 related deaths have been reported. Also, 14,102 people are hospitalized. Of that number, more than 2,700 are ICU admissions. And this, of course, according to the Georgia Department of Health. In related news, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp is extending his order mandating health practices for summer camps, bars and restaurants, and even performance venues. The rules have been set to end last night. Now, the restrictions for now will continue through the end of the month. But those considered medically fragile are still ordered to shelter in place. This order explicitly bans local governments from mandating face masks and coverings. Now, a number of municipalities around the state, including Atlanta, Brookhaven, Savannah, and athens Clark County, well, they had put requirements in place to slow the rise in COVID-19 cases by requiring citizens to wear masks. And some major news involving Fulton County Schools. Now the school year will begin remotely August 17th. Fulton County Superintendent Mike Looney made the announcement today via Twitter. And I'm quoting here, I recognize the hardship this creates for all and disappointed to have to make this decision, close quote. That decision is a pivot from the school's original plan to begin the year in person, but with the option to be virtual. District officials say the rising number of COVID-19 cases is the reason for the change in plans. Coming up next, the runoff debate for Fulton County District Attorney. It's minutes away. This is Closer Look. This is 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. Next Monday, July 20th, early voting gets underway and Fulton County voters will be able to cast their ballots for the August 11th special election runoffs. And that includes the race between incumbent Fulton District Attorney Paul Howard and his former chief deputy prosecutor, Fonnie Willis. 
Now, as part of Closer Look's election coverage throughout the year, we present a debate between D.A. Howard and Fonnie Willis. Here's how today's debate will work. Now, each will have 90 seconds to answer a question from the moderator. That would be me. Also, during this debate, candidates will have an opportunity to ask each other a question. Now, if a stated claim or allegation is made to a specific candidate, a response will be granted before answering the next question. If further discussion is warranted, that decision will be made by me, the moderator. And we'll begin today's debate with D.A. Howard and Ms. Fonnie Willis, both with their opening statements. D.A. Howard, you go first. Good morning, Rose. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for providing us with the opportunity to talk directly to the voters. Uh, my name is Paul Howard Jr. I am the Fulton County District Attorney. Uh, I was elected in 1997. I am a career prosecutor. I have been prosecuting since 1976. Uh, when I started as district attorney in 1997, uh, I was elected during a period of our county when the county was beset with crime, uh, particularly violent crime. And what I promised to do was to reduce that violent crime. Uh, and since I've been in office, uh, I have been able to work with the criminal justice partners in this county to reduce uh, violence by 70% and to reduce the overall crime rate by 62%. But right now, uh, Fulton County residents, we've got another problem that is not only going on in our community, but also in our country. And that problem is policing that continues to cause the death of African-American men. So I am asking you to uh, reelect me as district attorney uh, based upon all of the successes we've had before, but also to allow me to work with our community and with this country to reform policing so that we can stop the unnecessary deaths and killings of African-American citizens. Thank you, Dave Howard and Ms. Willis, Good morning. My name is Fonnie Willis. I am a candidate for Fulton County District Attorney. I have been practicing law here in this very community for 24 years, where I have also been raising my two daughters, 22 and 20 year old. I am here today because the Fulton County District Attorney's Office needs a change. It needs a fresh look. My 24 years of experience have been diverse experience. I did serve 16 years as a chief deputy where I had the opportunity to try well in excess of 100 cases, many of them the most complicated and complex cases that this community has seen. In addition to that, I had the opportunity to supervise, but I also have a view from the other side. Through my career, I have worked six years as a criminal defense attorney, four in the very beginning, and two most recently. I also have had the honor of sitting as the chief judge for the city of South Fulton, where I was the decider on cases um, that were criminal. All of those experiences give me the tools that I need so that we can change an office that is very broken, a culture that is very broken, and one that is not serving this community and keeping us safe. 
I say to you, if you want more of the same, then you should go with DA Howard. But if you are ready to see that before cases are charged, they are actually investigated and everyone is entitled to due process, then you will make a selection for me. The DA will brag that in his office, that case comes in and within 45 minutes, they are charged. I promise you, we're not going to treat human beings like widgets. We're gonna do proper investigations, leading one to less charges because we will learn that some of those charges aren't good, but we will also be able to start programs. Most importantly, a pre-indictment diversion program where instead of prosecuting people, we will put them into programs and try to restore their lives. I will offer fairness to citizens. I will offer fairness to elected officials and I will offer fairness to the police. But it should any of those groups, the police, elected officials or citizens break the law, I will be here to prosecute them after their due process has been given. I thank you for this opportunity. I am excited about it and I look forward to your questions. Thank you, Ms. Willis. Thank you both and now we'll begin today's debate in alphabetical order. So we'll start with DA Howard and you mentioned this in your opening statement. Right now in many cities like Atlanta, there is a disconnect among the community, police departments, city government leaders, district attorneys regarding police involved wrongdoings. District Attorney Howard, how do you propose to bring everyone together as a starting point to address these issues? How do you propose to do that? Well, one of the things, Rose, that we've got to do is we've got to face the truth. Uh, and we can't skirt around it. We can't dodge it. We've got to look the facts uh, directly in the eye. And in this country, uh, a recent uh, Pew Center uh, report, a uh, survey showed that 84% of the adult African-Americans in this country feel that the police treat them unfairly. What was surprising about this poll is that 63% of the white adults in America believe that uh, police departments treat African-Americans unfairly. So we are going to have to start from the bottom up and change the way that police departments view their duties. Because right now we see police officers protecting themselves and participating in what is referred to as a brotherhood and believing that that is their top priority rather than to guard communities. And, and that is something that we must, uh, we must change and we must eliminate. The other thing that we have to do is we've got to examine the position of police unions uh, because what has happened with police unions, particularly uh, with respect to prosecutors, in every city where the prosecutors receive donations and endorsements from the police union, no policemen are prosecuted for homicides. And, and that is something that just simply cannot exist in our country, and it certainly should not exist in our community. So what I, what I am, uh, will do is because of the changes that are being demanded in our country, I will now set up a separate division of my office to focus upon police reform. We've got to have this reform because if we don't have it, that means that people don't respect the police, they don't trust the prosecutors and they won't participate in our criminal justice system. And that's a bad thing for Fulton County and bad for America. Thank you, D.A. Howard. And a reminder, your 
your answers need to be 90 seconds. Ms. Willis, in, uh, for fairness, we'll give you two minutes to answer the same question. How do you propose bringing together the community, police departments, city government leaders, district attorneys regarding police-involved shootings? Where do you propose to begin to start this dialogue? Um, I think the dialogue has to start with honest conversations like we're having now, and we have to have a seat at the table for everyone. We have to have the seat at the table for community leaders. We have to have a seat at the table for the families of victims that have been harmed by the police. We have to have a seat at the table for elected officials, and we have to have the seat at the table for the police. I think one way to encourage public trust is transparency, something we do not see with our current district attorney. The current district attorney with these two high profile media cases that he immediately charged has given the community a sense of distrust about his policies because it is well known and established and documented right now. Over the last four years, so if we go back to 2016 to now, he has 43 excessive force cases sitting on his desk where both the police and the families want an answer as to what should happen with those cases. What I am going to do the day that I am district attorney is we are going to list not only those 43 cases of excessive force, but all 125 cases that he has that also deal with public corruption on a public website. We will put the name of the case, the agency that it came from, and it's standing, meaning is this case under investigation by our office? Is the GBI looking at it? Do we plan to present it to a grand jury? And what day? You as a reporter will be able to click on and have the answer. I will be available for further discussion. We also plan to make sure that when police are going to the grand jury to be charged, that we will have those things transcribed so that later families will know exactly what happened to in the grand jury to those. And so I plan to do it by having everyone at the table and being transparent. It is a problem that he's been the DA for 24 years, and he just knows now that this is a crucial issue. Thank you. Mr. Howard, there were some claims made against you. Would you like to respond? Yes. Uh, I, the two things that I'd really like to point out, first of all, the hypocrisy in the statements regarding cases that we're actively working on to give the impression that they were simply filed away. But it's really hypocritical for the police union and Mrs. Willis on one hand to criticize me for moving forward in the Rayshard Brooks case too fast, but at the same time criticize me for investigating cases that take longer. Uh, you, you can't have it both ways. The other thing I'm surprised that Ms. Willis would use the word transparency because uh, just on yesterday, a citizen filed an ethics complaint against her for not being transparent. On her July the 9th uh, disclosure forms, she did not list the fact that she received a $1,500 contribution from the International Brotherhood of Police. And it really begs the question, why are you hiding this contribution? When you're talking about transparency, also from those same disclosure forms, you see that she has received more than $31,000 that she does not indicate who provided that money. So how would a citizen know whether or not that money was actually provided 
by someone in the police union. So if you're going to talk about transparency, Time. I think it ought to start with the candidate. May I respond? You may respond, Ms. Willis. You have 30 seconds. So let's talk about transparency in the police union. First of all, he's not being completely correct. I don't know if a complaint has been filed or not, but the police union has given me two donations and that $1,500 he discusses was revealed through the 48 hour report. And so we immediately within 48 hours revealed it. What he is talking about is I believe there was a clerical mistake that when we did the report on June the 9th, we didn't re-disclose it, which we should have, and that has been corrected. And so there has been no hidden agenda here. He would like to lump me with time, but go ahead and I'll let you finish real quickly. Uh, he would like to lump me with the police union. I have four organizations that endorse me, 20 elected officials and over 60 people from the community, most of them African-American. And most of my contributions come from defense attorneys. Okay. The $31,000 that he references are contributions that are less than $101. Thank you, Ms. Willis. To be reported. Thank you, Ms. Willis. I appreciate that time now to for our next question. Ms. Willis, I'll start with you. The last few years, Fulton County has come under criticism regarding repeat violent offenders being released on either signature bonds or low bonds, and in some cases, thus committing a more serious crime. What reforms do you propose in this process? Because the community is outraged when these repeat offenders are released. And you'll see that this is one thing that the district attorney repeatedly does not take responsibility for. He will blame the judges. And the reality is this goes back to that due process and proper investigations and DAs in his courtroom not being constantly turned over so that the DA has the file and provides the record to the judge. The judge cannot make a good decision about someone if the district attorney does not do their job. Obviously for repeat offenders that have violent offenses, you are going to be recommending that possibly that there is no bond at all. But the most important thing is that the information is provided to the court so the court can make sound decisions when granting bond. Thank you. Jay Howard, I'll restate the question. Concerns about repeat offenders being released on signature or low bonds and then committing more serious crimes. How do you propose to reform this if reelected as district attorney? Uh, let me say this, Rose. Uh, what I have complained about for years is not the judges, but the fact that we've got a bad system in Fulton County, a system that is so bad that uh, lawsuits have been filed in several, seven different occasions. Uh, there have been recommendations made to our court system for change, and those changes haven't taken place. There are two things that should happen immediately. One is the court should adopt a case processing standard. So everyone that is charged, that case has to be disposed of within a set period of time. That doesn't happen in Fulton County. So that means that people can stay in jail much longer than they should. For instance, in Detroit, they only stay in jail for 300 days. There are people in the Fulton County jail who've been there for thousands of days. That's got to change. The second thing that has to change is what is called a rocket docket court, the non-complex division. The record will show I've been against it from the very beginning. I've suggested repeatedly that we ought to get rid of it because what the court did is that they shifted 70% of the cases to two magistrates. And the only way that the magistrates are able to handle those calendars is by pleading cases out. And many of the people that they plead out and they let out of jail 
are the very people that our citizens are complaining about. It is a system that's bad for policemen, it's bad for citizens, it's bad for prosecutors. The only people that like it are the defendants. Those are two changes that have to be made in our court system in order to eliminate this problem of allowing violent defendants to be released early and unnecessarily. Thank you, D.A. Howard. I'm going to stick with you for this next question as we continue with reform. As you know, the United States has the highest incarceration rate in the world. How or should prosecutors be key in combating mass incarceration? And if so, how can you be a part of that process? I think that prosecutors are key. I think that the prosecutor serves as the gatekeeper to our criminal justice system. And I believe that one of the things that we have to do, as we have done in our office, is to focus upon juvenile defenders and our young people who will progress into a greater crimes. So that is why we spend a lot of our resources creating programs like the Junior DA and Legalize. But this, uh, in 2019, uh, we started a program called uh, the Level Up Project, uh, where we identified juveniles who had been arrested for three times or more, supplying significant intervention to make sure that they aren't arrested the fourth time. I believe that this is going to be the wave of the future. I believe that that's what we've got to do as a county. We've got to concentrate to make sure that young people with problems don't develop into institutionalized criminals uh, with criminal conduct. And the way that we do that is by creating uh, aftercare, uh, mentoring, and by providing family intervention so that we can make sure that those young people are once coming in contact with the juvenile court or then leave with productive lives. Thank you, D.A. Howard. Ms. Willis, same question to you. The role that the prosecutors can be key in combating mass incarceration. So let's be clear for the record that in this area that Paul Howard is the number one contributor to mass incarceration. The way that mass incarceration can change is that you don't indict everyone in 45 minutes, but you actually investigate those cases properly. The way that mass incarceration can change is that you create a diversion program that you do not even bring indictments, but rather you put people into programs where they can do community service and get educational opportunities. The way that you can decrease mass incarceration is that the people that deserve the worst punishments, they are the ones that you make sure you investigate properly so that they are removed from society. The other way that you decrease mass incarceration is that it becomes very obvious with experience when looking at a file, if what you are really looking at is a drug addicted individual, you immediately track those people to the accountability courts that we are so blessed in Fulton to have the drug court, the behavioral health court, the veterans memorial court, you, excuse me, the veterans court. You make sure immediately that those people that suffer with those kind of problems have the benefit of them so that they can get the help that they need and be restored in society. The way we stop mass incarceration is we stop this 24 years of the same foolishness. We make a change and we elect the first female DA who will bring change and bring an end to mass incarceration. Dear Howard, there um, was, yes, that was, I was going to say you do have an opportunity. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta.
If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. Respond. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous to say that uh, I am the uh, chief contributor to mass incarceration because, in fact, it's been exactly the opposite. Uh, when I started in office, we had 4,800 people, uh, inmates in the Fulton County Jail because of a process that we put in place called the complaint room. And uh, we process the ordinary cases within 45 minutes. We, we don't keep people in jail uh, in an endless period, that seems to uh, somehow irritate Ms. Willis that we're able to move quickly. But what we did was to reduce the jail population in half, saving the taxpayers over $50 million. The other thing that we've done in the DA's office, we spent a lot of time trying to make sure that people who had records who could be expunged, that they received those expungements. We set up an expungement unit in our office but uh, Rose, we actually went a lot further. We started about three years ago trying to get a bill passed that would allow persons who were convicted of felonies and misdemeanors, if they were nonviolent, if they did not commit a crime in four years, then that record would be expunged. That bill finally passed this year. So we, we're not the, the, the contributors. We are the folks who've been working hard to get people out. And let me tell you one other detail. If you look at the number of people who were charged you have 10 seconds in, 97, in 97, you will see that since that time, we have reduced the number of people indicted every year. Thank Check you. the record. Thank you, dear. And you'll see that that has been the fact. Thank you. May dear. I respond? Yes, you may. You have 30 seconds. Well, first of all, what I would like to say is the 45 minutes does not irritate me, but anyone with common sense knows that that's not justice. You do not just take what the police said on a probable cause standard of arrest and then indict someone and process them. And so what I am trying to do is bring justice. Paul Howard likes to regularly refer to these numbers of he has decreased, decreased things, but the reality is crime has gone down all over the nation and Fulton County is behind New York L.A., San Antonio, Time. Dallas, Jacksonville, and several other cities. Thank you. If you're just joining the program, this is the runoff debate for Fulton County District Attorney between incumbent Paul Howard and former Chief Deputy Prosecutor Ms. Fonnie Willis. And now D.A. Howard and Ms. Willis will have an opportunity to ask each other a question. D.A. Howard, you may go first. Uh, yes, Ms. Willis, I'd like to ask you again about accepting money from the Atlanta Police Union, referred to as the International Brotherhood. Um, just recently, in June, the Los Angeles Times uh, issued an editorial. And what the editorial said was uh, prosecutors and candidates for DA's offices should not accept monies from unions. In fact, today, a group of Group, a group of uh, bar organizations here in our own city 
are going to be sending a letter to the state bar asking that a rule be imposed barring the participation or receiving money from unions. My question to you, do you believe that prosecutors should receive monies from unions in that city where they operate? May I respond? Yes. You have asked me this question last night. Let me make it plain for everyone. Nobody who contributes to my campaign has bought a favor with that money. As you and I both know, most of my donors are criminal defense attorneys. The entire platform of my campaign is that I will bring together the community. I have accepted donations from former prosecutors from your office, current prosecutors from your office, current investigators from your office, former investigators from your office, most of the defense bar and from police officers. I plan to work with everyone. The way they, reason they have overwhelmingly chosen me and given money to me is because they know that I bring fairness to the table. 20 elected Democratic officials have endorsed me. That is because they know that I will bring fairness and change to the community. And so I believe that everyone that is invested in the community should be able to invest in the candidate that they know will bring fairness to all. Out of fairness now, Ms. Willis, your first question to D.A. Howard. Mr. Howard, the Atlanta City Council gave Fulton County District Attorney's Office $250,000 of tax money for youth programs to help black and brown children who are targeted by gang violence. You are now under criminal investigation by the Georgia Bureau of Investigations for putting $195,000 of that money in your pocket. Have you done an analysis of how many kids you could have actually benefited if you had used that $195,000 towards the stated purpose of the program that you allege to have set up for them? What benefit could that $195,000 brought to children if it was actually used for them? Ms. Willis, uh, uh, again, as I said to you last night, the recklessness in which you ask questions is very reminiscent of Donald Trump Republicans because you know that those are not the facts. But I'm glad that you asked to give me an opportunity to explain exactly what happened. Uh, when I requested a pay raise from the city of Atlanta in 2014 at that time, I was the seventh highest paid district attorney in the state. Uh, populations that were much smaller than Fulton County had district attorneys who made much more money than I did. Uh, in fact, you might not be aware of this, but some of my own employees made as much as I did as district attorney. So what I did is I got a legal opinion from the chief of our appellate section, who right now is a superior court judge. And that opinion said that it was legal for the city of Atlanta to pay you a salary supplement. I then went to the three highest officials in the city of Atlanta. Uh, Cesar Mitchell, who was the president of city council, the head of the public safety committee, uh, who's C.T. Martin, and finally to the mayor of the city of Atlanta, Kasim Reed. I presented them with a 12-page proposal seeking this pay raise. 
And the city leaders that I talked to indicated that they approved of my receiving that pay Time. supplement. Time. Thank you, D.A. Howard. Uh, Can we take that as no, but, uh, no analysis was done? Well, I wish I had an opportunity to fully answer it because, as you know, it had nothing to do with taking money from children. And it's really reckless that you would make such an allegation. You are aware that what happened is, is that I received a pay supplement from the city of Atlanta. Uh, it has been well documented. Uh, initially, there was some discussion that the city councilman said that they don't remember it happened. But the record showed that it was passed by a 14 nothing margin. And, and I, I just don't think that somebody who is planning to become the district attorney should be so reckless with an allegation Particularly thank you, D.A. Howard. You know thank you, D.A. Howard. And Ms. Willis, if you want to follow up with when you have your chance for your second question, you can. But now, D.A. Howard, you get to ask your second question for Ms. Willis. One of the other things that has happened in this race is that we have seen the participation of the Republican Party in a Democratic primary. Uh, the It looks like one of the Republicans, and I say it looks like because uh, Ms. Willis has said that she did not meet Mary Norwood until two days after she qualified, but her own financial disclosure form showed that two days before she qualified, she had already received $1,000 from Mary Norwood. So we've got Republicans like Phil Kent, uh, who is a Donald uh, Trump clone. Uh, we've had Republicans, uh, Doug Collins come into our county, and uh, I, I believe that it's inappropriate for Republicans, particularly Republicans like the ones that I've mentioned, to try to influence a, a, Republic, a Democratic primary. Your question, Mr. Howard. My question to you is, do you believe that the Republicans are supporting you because, again, they want to uh, limit police reforms, and to make sure that police officers are not prosecuted. Is that the reason they are supporting your candidacy? Mr. Howard, Republicans have invested in your campaign, very, very well-known Republican. The head of Waffle House, who is a notorious Republican, gave you a max out check. Should we assume because he gave you a max out check that you're going to do Republican values? Corey, who is another notorious Republican, has given you a lot of money and even contributed his business to be your workspace for your campaign. Should we assume because a Republican gave you the space to run your campaign that Republicans run your campaign? I don't know Phil Kent. I don't know Doug Collins. I've never had a conversation with them. I don't know that they support my campaign. I know that what citizens support, Democratic citizens, elected Democratic citizens support, is a DA that does not sexually harass his employees and does not run a corrupt organization where they don't do an analysis of $195,000 that could have been used for black and brown children. So I hope that all citizens come into this race, elect a new DA, and choose someone that can represent us with good core American values, which is to hold police who victimize people accountable, to hold citizens who victimize people accountable, and to hold elected officials that behave as criminals accountable. 
time. D.A. Howard, there was an allegation regarding sexual harassment. Do you want to respond to that? Uh, yes, I do. And uh, and I'm glad, again, I get the opportunity to do that. Uh, I have been in office first as Solicitor General, then as D.A. for 27 years. And it is only in 2020 that lawsuits are filed against me. As I said, I refer to them as campaign lawsuits because because the lawsuits are filed three weeks or a month before the uh, primary, then that means that I don't get a chance to respond. Um, when you look at the facts of those incidents, the first one, the, um, the county investigated, said they could not find any, uh, any evidence to corroborate what the first uh, um, young lady said. Uh, the second one, the county, uh, pointed out it was filed after the deadline when we released that employee after two gun allegations. I've said this before, and uh, I will say it again, no matter what forum uh, these allegations are held, I'm confident that I will be exonerated. And what I ask voters to do is to look at my 27-year history. Thank you. Ms. Willis, I believe you have one remaining question left for D.A. Howard. Well, I, I hope that they look at his record as well as uh, allegations of his sexual prowess were named in another lawsuit by a county, a, a high up county official. And just very few years ago, there was an employee that worked for him that was sending pictures of his penis to victims and he refused to fire, although the female employee said that he should fire him. And so my specific question is, you are being sued by multiple African-American women who work for you for sexual harassment and gender discrimination. In fact, Fulton County taxpayers have already paid a settlement of $285,000 against you way before any election. You claim that this is all political, but is there not a recording, a phone call made by one of the women that is currently suing you where you speak to her using the same language we heard from Republican Donald Trump on the famous Access Hollywood tape that includes the word starting with the letter P, where you in fact ask her for some of her P uh, and also reference that you would like to have her perform oral sex. Does that audio tape exist or not? You know, it is really tragic that the race from Fulton County DA's office has uh, evolved to such a gutter level uh, with just really baseless allegations about sending pictures of penises. It's, um, it's really ridiculous. I, I just think that there are more important things that we ought to be talking about. One of them being the death of Rayshard Brooks, Rayshard Brooks, and how are we going to make our community better and it's really difficult when somebody is just making these baseless or, uh, allegations to even answer them. So I'll just repeat, Ms. Willis, what I said. I'll just leave it to you to continue to raise these things because I'm not going to get involved in it. I'll just ask people, if you've been in office for 27 years, how about the other 27 years? And this is the other question that I think I would ask people. You keep saying that you were the chief deputy. Uh, I, I never had a chief deputy. You were just simply a deputy. But I think people need to ask themselves, well, you know, if this guy was so bad, why did you stay with him for 16 years? 
Why is it that now you're just beginning to mention all these things? Uh, the other thing that I think people have already heard, they heard you standing up in public. Uh, nobody didn't ask you to do it. You did it on your own. You asked, you said that Paul Howard, you never worked for another DA. In time. And that the thing that I admired about Paul Howard was that he always decided to do the right thing. And Rose, I also want to mention, when Ms. Willis became the chief judge in Fulton County, guess who she asked to come out and introduce her? It was Paul Howard. Time. Ms. Willis, do you have a response? I do have a response. Um, sir, there are things that Black people are proud of. The things in my history that I am very proud of is that my dad is a civil rights leader, that my name is an African name, that I went to his historically Black college and university, and yes, you, I was very proud of working for the first African-American district attorney. It is true that for years I heard of an inappropriate sexual relationship with you and one Kathy Carter. I cannot tell you how many times I defended your honor, but I have personally heard the tape and what is inappropriate is that it exists. It is inappropriate that you would speak to an underling and I am ashamed that I defended you when it was actually true. Our uh, final rose. I'll give you 30 uh, seconds, uh, uh, DA Howard. And I do want to remind uh, you that this is a, a debate between you two, unless yeah. there is a proven or there has been some probe that clearly proves something, we need to refrain from bringing other individuals' names into allegations. Is that clear? Yeah. yeah. I, rose, let me say this. Uh, last night when we had the debate, uh, I apologize to some of the people that uh, that uh, Ms. Willis mentioned, uh, one of those persons uh, she mentioned uh, happens to have been a chief judge. And, uh, and I apologize again today that those folks uh, have to be put to this kind of discussion. I agree with you that if it's an allegation that we shouldn't do that, and I can promise you that I won't do it. Uh, and uh, I, I just believe it takes this whole race to a level Time. of uh, that um, that I don't think is appropriate for the Fulton County District Attorney's race. Now that's just my opinion. And our final question does deal with ethics. And Ms. Willis, I'll give you the question first. If elected, what measures would you put in place to ensure the community there will be greater transparency and accountability for any alleged and proven misconduct within the DA's office? Um, I can assure the citizens of Fulton County that one, I will not run an office where people are afraid to report allegations of any kind of unethical conduct, whether that is mistreatment of a defendant, mistreatment of a victim, mistreatment of a witness, whether they believe that they have been mistreated by a employee of my office, and I'm talking about an underling to a supervisor, and that anyone that is found to have done that will be immediately terminated. We will allow them to go over to the county and also have someone in my office designated where those reports can be privately made, but that they will then swiftly be dealt with. Um, and there will be a level of transparency to that. Jay Howard, same question to you. If reelected, are there changes you, pledge, you, you can pledge to make within the office as relates to transparency, greater transparency and accountability for any alleged and proven misconduct within the DA's office? Well, Rose, I would like to say those things described by Ms. Willis already go on in the county. Uh, 
what though I am going to do is to make sure that we increase the training both for supervisors and we increase the uh, ability of employees to make any complaints that they see being necessary. I think that's important. But I really believe the proof is in the pudding is uh, if you look at uh, what we've done over these last 23 years as district attorney, when I started, we had very few women, very few prosecutors. Right now, the staff is about 60% female. I don't believe those females would have come to the DA's office if they felt that they were in fear or they could not work without being harassed. The important thing about that number is 84% of those uh, of the supervisors in my office are female. I would ask you to look at a DA's office anywhere around the country and you will not see numbers comparison in comparison with the numbers in Fulton County. That does not happen by accident. It happens because of the work and the system that we've set up in Fulton County. And finally, each of you will now have two minutes for a closing statement. DA Howard, you went first, so Ms. Fonnie Willis, you will now go first. Why should Fulton County voters elect you as district attorney? The reality is that Fulton mm-hmm. County voters should elect me because we deserve a change. It is time to do business differently. The problems with mass incarceration cannot exist unless policies are changed overall. They need to be changed so that cases are properly investigated and only those who actually commit crimes are initially charged. They need to be changed so that even those that commit crimes that we try to turn them around by offering them diversion programs before they are even ever charged with a crime. They need to be changed so that those that need the benefits of accountability court automatically get those benefits. When I become the first elected district attorney of this county, the first woman elected district attorney of this county, I should say, um, we are going to immediately bring those things to the county. I promise that my first priority will be the citizens. My first priority will be the youth and youth programs. My first priority will be to make sure that under the law, only the compensation that I am allowed to be given, which is that given by the state and the county will I receive, and that I will do my due diligence. It will be my honor to serve as the next district attorney. There are amazing things that can be done and will be done, but I can only do them with your help. And I am asking that on August the 11th, if you don't choose to take advantage of early voting, July 20th to August 7th, you go and cast your vote for Fonnie Willis for district attorney. The reality is no matter how ugly it is, I did not begin the criminal investigation. I did not do the conduct that we have discussed today. And that criminal investigation will lead to this district attorney being removed, the governor, Governor Kemp, a Republican governor, getting to a point, and the voters having the choice taken away from them. There are really only two choices in this election, Fonnie Willis or Governor Kemp's appointment. I so thank you thank for you, Ms. Willis. the show for giving me this opportunity. Thank you, madam. DA Howard, why should Fulton County voters re-elect you in your current position? Uh, first, again, Rose, I would like to thank you for having us on today, um, and I appreciate the opportunity to address the voters. I have to somewhat apologize to them because I think that this the, the 
rhetoric has reached a what I consider an all-time low uh, with what I've heard today. Uh, I, I want to acknowledge the pandemic that we're going through. Uh, I want to extend my sympathies to all of the community members that might have lost family members or friends. Uh, I, I think that we can all agree that maybe this crisis would not be so out of hand if we had had better leadership. And that's what I provide. I offer experienced, innovative leadership because that's what we need in our county. There is a crisis going on in our community and, and maybe some people can't see it. Uh, we have people who have demonstrated in this country since May the 25th, since uh, George Floyd was killed. And I think what those folks are saying is, we're not gonna leave until there's a change. There is a significant need for change in our community. And I am the only person that's talking about that change. Uh, uh, I've already made significant changes in our community with the crime rate and the number of inmates in the Fulton County Jail. And I am better equipped than any other candidate to make the changes that we need to make our community safe for everyone. And that includes the black males who live here in our community. I would ask for your continued support on August 11th so we can continue to make Atlanta the bright spot of this entire country. Thank you all very much for your time. That concludes this debate for Fulton County District Attorney. We thank incumbent D.A. Paul Howard Jr. and former Deputy Prosecutor Ms. Fonnie Willis. A reminder, early voting begins next Monday, July 20th, and then a runoff election is Tuesday, August 11th. If you missed any of today's debate, hear it again tonight on Closer Look at 8 and, of course, online at wabe.org slash Closer Look. D.A. Howard. Ms. Willis, thank you both for taking the time. Our listeners really appreciate it. The community asked for this debate. I thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Bye, thank you. That's it for this edition of Closer Look, which is produced by Grace Walker and LaShawn Hudson. Our engineer is Shelly Canavy. If you missed any of today's program, it's online at wabe.org slash Closer Look. And of course, you can listen to Closer Look weeknights at 8 p.m. And listen whenever you want, because Closer Look is now available as a podcast. Just visit NPR One or your favorite streaming app and subscribe. This is 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.